Last week we asked the question, do you trust God? And we learned how we'll live if we believe that God is faithful. And we learned that we can trust God. But when it comes to trust and trustworthiness in relationships, what we recognize is that trust needs to be able in a relationship to go both ways. Not only should I be able to trust you, but certainly you should be able to trust me. And that's not different in our relationship with God. We know that we can trust God. A more important question that we need to ask this morning is, can God trust us? Can God trust you? In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12, Paul wrote this. As he was explaining to Timothy why God chose him to be one of his apostles, even though Paul had been a blasphemer and a violent aggressor and persecutor against the church, he says in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. When Paul here says that God considered him faithful, we know from the context that he certainly does not mean that God considered Paul a believing, faithful Christian, as we most often use that term. Here he is simply saying that God viewed me as trustworthy. God saw that I could be trusted with whatever charge and stewardship that He gave me. And that is what God needs to be able to say about us. He needs to be able to look at us and say, I trust you and I can put you into service because you can be trusted. And so our question today is, can God trust us? I believe there are at least six stewardships with which God entrusts each of us. And we need to ask ourselves regarding these stewardships. Are we faithful to God in these? Can God trust us to deal with them properly, to manage them wisely? The first is probably the one we most often think of when we think about issues of stewardship and trust, and that's the stewardship of resources, of financial blessings and material blessings. In James chapter 1 and verse 17, James chapter 1 and verse 17, the Scripture demonstrates that every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Everything we have, every good gift, every blessing, financial, material, all of our resources are gifts from God. He has entrusted these to us. They are our stewardship. And the question is, can God trust us? with the material blessings with which He has given us. Look in Luke 16. In Luke chapter 16, we find out that how we deal with the material blessings with which God blesses us relates to our salvation. In Luke chapter 16, beginning at verse 10, Jesus said this, He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. He who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? He caps it off in verse 13 by saying, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. 
What Jesus demonstrates is that what we're doing with our finances and the resources with which God has blessed us now is a test. And He is judging us and looking at us to see how we're going to use this and manage this. Because if we cannot be faithful in what is little, if we cannot be faithful in this unrighteous riches, He is not going to entrust us with the true riches and the glories of heaven. This is important. It's also a little frightening, isn't it? Can God trust us? Being trustworthy when it comes to our finances means that, of course, we manage our finances to provide for those who are in need. Specifically, we begin with our family. 1 Timothy chapter 5. In 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Can God trust us to use the blessings He's given us to take care of our own? In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we find that part of being wise stewards, of being good managers of the blessings God has given us, is to give to His church in order to accomplish the work that God has set down for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, at verse 6, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. And God trusts us to give of our means to support His work as we trust Him to have given His Son for our salvation. Further, we find that not just giving to His church, but just being generous and sharing in general. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 16, in Hebrews 13 and verse 16, the Hebrew writer talks about the sacrifices that we Christians are to offer, the spiritual sacrifices that praise God. He says in Hebrews 13, 16, do not neglect doing good and sharing. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, as God instructed those who are wealthy, He says in 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning in verse 17, Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly supplies us with all things to enjoy. Instruct them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous, ready to share storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is life indeed. Those who are wealthy need to be generous and share. We should be serving others with the material blessings with which God has given us. And again, remember what Jesus said, we cannot serve two masters. There's the overarching principle when we're wanting to be good stewards of the material blessings God has given us. We've got to remember that these material blessings are tools to use in serving our Master. They are not the Master. We've got to remember that. Can God trust us? Can God trust you with this stewardship of material blessings and resources? The second stewardship is the stewardship of abilities. The abilities and the talents that we have, God has granted to us. Look in Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 6, 
In Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 6, Paul wrote to the church in Rome saying, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let's not view this as an exhaustive list of the gifts and abilities with which God grants people in His church, but rather a representative list. But the point is still the same. Whatever abilities we have, from where did they come? They came from God. And how are we supposed to use them? To serve Him and accomplish His will. And we're supposed to use them to the extent of the ability that we have. Certainly some are, have greater ability to lead, some better ability to teach, some have more ability to give, some are, are greater at being compassionate and merciful, some are greater at exhortation and in encouragement. We all have responsibilities in all of these areas, but let's face it, we know that some are better at some of these things than others. What should we do? We should use the abilities that God has given us in order to glorify Him and in order to serve others. And we need to remember the principle taught in Luke chapter 12 and verse 48. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 48, I recognize that in this text, Jesus is referring to a very specific issue, but I believe He teaches a principle that applies across the board in Luke 12:48, He says, But the one who didn't know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but few. But notice this, From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they entrusted much... Of Him they will ask all the more. What abilities do you have? When God has granted abilities to us, He expects us to use them. And those who have more ability, He expects more out of us. God expects us to use the abilities He's given us to be good stewards. Look in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. And we find out how we are supposed to use these. 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning at verse 10. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, Peter writes, he says, As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as the one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as the one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Why has God given us ability? Not so we can be successful in business. Not so we can be political leaders. Not so we can have power and fame and fortune. He has given us ability so that we might serve one another and therefore glorify God. That's why He's given us that. If by serving one another and glorifying God, God also blesses us with some of those other things, then that's God's business. And be thankful. But keep in mind that the abilities you have been given, God has granted those to you first and foremost so that you can use them to serve one another. Can God trust us in the stewardship of our abilities? Thirdly, can God trust us can God trust us, excuse me, in the stewardship of our opportunities? 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, Paul said, What then is Apollos and what is Paul? 
servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. Paul recognized that the teaching opportunities that he had were opportunities given by God. And he had to be a faithful steward of those opportunities. Look in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, Paul wrote, So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. While we have opportunity, we're supposed to be doing good to the household of faith, to all people, especially to the household of faith. God has granted us opportunities. What are we doing with them? Are we using them or letting them slip by? He gives us opportunities to be good examples to others. Are we taking those opportunities? He gives us opportunity to serve others. Are we using those opportunities? He gives us opportunity to proclaim His gospel. Are we taking those opportunities? Something we need to recognize is that every contact we have with every other person we come in contact with is an opportunity. If for nothing else, but to follow what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification so that he will have something to share with the one who has... Excuse me, I looked back down at the page and looked at the wrong verse. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Our speech is to give grace to those who hear. Every time we come in contact with someone, there's an opportunity to bestow the gift of our speech on them. Not that our speaking is necessarily a gift, but rather that our speaking ought to be as a gift. When the person leaves us, they ought to be able to say that they're better for having met us and talked with us. Can God trust us in the stewardship of these opportunities? The fourth stewardship with which God entrusts us is the stewardship of our relationships. You, you consider again 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5 and you find this implied here. We recognize that Paul viewed those relationships by which he had opportunity to teach the gospel as given from God. The relationships that we have, whether with our family or our friends, co-workers, neighbors, or our brethren in the church, no matter where those relationships are, these are gifts from God. And the question is, can we be trusted with those relationships to manage them properly, to be wise stewards of the relationships with which God has entrusted us? Look at Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, we find out how to be good stewards of our relationships. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. This, I believe, is the governing principle in wisely stewarding our relationships. When we are using our relationships not to our own advantage, not to further our own ends, not to just accomplish what we think is important and what, what we like and what we want, 
but rather when we are viewing ourselves as the servants who are accomplishing what is more important by accomplishing what the others need and seeking their advantage and being giving them, as we said moments ago, the gift. When we view our relationships in that way, then we are managing them wisely. Then we are being good stewards of the relationships with which God has entrusted us. But the question is, can God trust us with these relationships? The fifth stewardship with which God entrusts us is a stewardship of time. Have you ever asked somebody, what are you doing? And they say, oh, I'm just killing time. When we're just killing time, we might as well be saying, I'm just killing myself. As Benjamin Franklin said, time is the stuff that life is made of. And when we're allowing the time to just slip by and we're just killing it, we're just marking it, we're just wasting it, we are not being the stewards that God has asked us to be. Look in Ephesians chapter 5. In Ephesians chapter 5, Beginning at verse 15, Paul wrote in Ephesians 5 and verse 15, Therefore be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Making the most of our time. How should we be investing our time? Matthew 6 and verse 33 provides the answer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Jesus says there, But seek first God's kingdom and righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That is how our time should be stewarded. In seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. God's kingdom and God's righteousness should be the governing principle that runs our lives, and at all times, that is exactly what we should be doing. No, that does not mean that for 24 hours a day we're going to be reading our Bible and praying. There are other things that are part of God's kingdom and righteousness. At times, what that means is we will be studying our Bible, we will be praying, and that will be a regular part of our lives. But at other times, seeking first God's kingdom and redeeming the time is going to mean we're at, the, at our job, working as though for the Lord. At other times, it's going to mean that we're spending family time with our spouse or our parents or our children, serving one another and growing closer to one another. At other times, it's going to mean we're going to be teaching the gospel to those who are lost. At other times, it's going to mean we're going to be right here, worshiping God with the saints as He's commanded. There are even going to be times when it means that we're resting and relaxing to be refreshed and recharged by our Good Shepherd. But the question is, at any given moment, are we seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Are we being a good steward of the time God has given us? It is amazing how much time we can waste just complaining about all the things that we can't do because we don't have the time. what we need to recognize is that every single one of us have the exact same amount of time. For every single one of us, we have 60 minutes in one hour, 24 hours in one day, 7 days in a week, 52 weeks a year. It's the same for all of us. The question is not, what do I have time to do? 
The question is, what do I do with the time that I have? It is true, we do not have time to do everything. So we need to take a look at God's Word and figure out what should we be doing with the time that we have. And do those things. Seeking first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. That is proper stewardship of time. And the question is, can God trust us in the stewardship that He has given us? And finally, the final stewardship with which God has entrusted us is the stewardship of His Gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Paul said, Let a man regard us in this manner as servants of Christ and as stewards of the mysteries of God. In this case, moreover, it's required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. Paul viewed himself as a steward of the mysteries of God, as a steward of the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he was supposed to be a faithful steward. I recognize that we're not apostles. I recognize that we didn't spend time with Jesus being trained to go out in the sense that most of the apostles did. I recognize that we have not seen a vision on the road to Damascus appointing us as one sent by Christ, as Paul did. But I also recognize from the Scripture that we are the tools which God uses to spread His Gospel. He has entrusted us with this work. And as Paul said, in this case, moreover, it is required of stewards that one be found trustworthy. Being faithful in the stewardship means that we teach. Romans chapter 10, beginning at verse 13. In Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How then will they believe in Him whom they have not heard? How will they hear? Excuse me. How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of things. If we're going to be faithful stewards of the Gospel, we've got to be teaching it. Because without teaching it, no one can be saved. But not only must we be out teaching and teaching regularly and teaching often and teaching as many as we can, we've got to be teaching it faithfully. That is, we've got to be teaching exactly what God wants taught. Galatians chapter 1. Verses 6 through 9, Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, Paul said, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, He is to be accursed. Teach His gospel. Teach it regularly, but teach it His way. Teach what He wants to be taught, not some other gospel. Because really there is no other gospel. The question is, can God trust us with this stewardship? We know we can trust God. God keeps His promises. He never lies. He always does what He says He's going to do. He is powerful. He is able. He is willing. He loves us. We know we can trust God. We know that God is faithful. 
Now the question for us is, can God trust us? Does 1 Corinthians 4.2 say, it's important that a steward be found trustworthy. Look in Luke chapter 12. In Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 42, just to see how important this stewardship issue is, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 42, the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom his master finds so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he'll put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, My master will be a long time in coming, and begins to beat the slaves, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. And that slave who knew his master's will and did not get ready or act in accord with his will will receive many lashes. But the one who did not know it and committed deeds worthy of a flogging will receive but few. From everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And to whom they have entrusted much, of him they will ask all the more. God has entrusted us. And He is asking of us that we be the faithful stewards. That when He comes to call us to account, He will find us serving Him. Can God trust us? us as His stewards.